Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And today we're joined by Keith Stewart. Hello, Keith. Hello. Hi. Now, now Keith, you are a dad, a gamer, an award-winning video games journalist, and now a novelist. That's, well, almost a novelist. Almost. I've, I've written three quarters of a novel. So. Well, that's that's more than Helen and I. <laughs> that's it. Well, we'll get on to all that, but you've been a video games journalist for 20 years, Keith. Yeah, tw- yeah 20 years. I started in September 1995. Wow. A long time ago. Yeah. How many video games do you think you've played? I was oh my goodness me! I know how like I worked out that I've probably interviewed five hundred game developers. I've oh been to two hundred game development studios in that time. I don't even want to think about how many games I've played. <laughs> Just thousands. A lot. Yeah, let's say yeah. a lot. Wow. And I was I was um you know not stalking you, googling you. That's the word. I was googling you <laughs> it's a the really other day. Fit, a fine line. Yeah, isn't it's, it? it's yeah. a great area, isn't it? Um, and uh, I found out you were also a video games developer at one point. I was, yeah, yeah. The, when I was at Warwick University studying the incredibly useful uh, English and Theatre Studies degree, uh, in my summer holidays I worked at a game studio um, helping them. Um, so I did like QA, I did a little bit of mission design, I did some writing, and that was kind of how I got into it really. So yeah, oh, I've made games. So I've effectively I've made games. You've actually made. A so game. I'm one of the rare game journalists that knows what they're talking about. Well, that's it because mm. I. I sort of was a video games journalist for over 10 years and sometimes still am when I need money. And, um, You're but, a whore. Yeah, yeah, I am a whore. I'm a whore. Wow, we're only five minutes yeah, in yeah. and already <laughs> Helen's brought out the big guns. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like, I've never made a game when I wouldn't know where to begin. It's, it's mm. much easier to criticise something someone else has done, isn't it, than to create yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But I like that yeah. you tried creating something and then thought, no, no, it's just it's easy. too hard. Yeah, yeah. it off. Yeah, because yeah. I don't like, yeah, because it's two-year development cycles. Well, when oh. I was making games, it was a year, and that seemed ages. But now it's like, it takes you three years to make a game, and that's not, I need more um You make three feedback. babies in that time. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> three marriages. <laughs> so, to kick us off, I thought we'd start with a theme tune, Keith, uh, for this podcast, which is game-based. Oh, okay. oh so it's not a Keith-themed no, you. no. All oh, right. Okay. I've done. I've done one for the podcast. Ready? Great, because you know so much about games. I know yeah, that. I know. So I, I googled something today. Oh, and then and this is how it goes. Ready? Okay. Ready? This is the podcast with Keith Stewart and Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. 
It is rated 18 plus. It contains swears and sexy stuff. <laughs> I like I like it. Keith. That's incredible. Yeah, this the, it's the yeah, it's the best use of the Tetris theme I've ever heard. Uh, marks out of ten, professional games journalist. Seven, obviously. Seven, obviously. <laughs> good scores, good scores. Yeah, okay, yeah. Excellent. Fuck you. I you've told me about the seven. I know about seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Solid. I'm in. Solid. Wow, she has been googling. <laughs> so Keith, tell us about your family. Well, okay. Um, well, I have a wife, Morag, and I have uh, two two sons, uh, Zach, who is nine, and uh, Albie, who is seven. And are they all gamers? Is, is Morag a gamer? No, Morag is not a gamer. She's never been. She's never really been into games. She had a brief period um, a little while ago where she was really into mobile games because I bought her quite a, like a decent new phone, and she started downloading games and playing um, like things like Threes and Candy Crush and stuff like that. And she got really into it for a while. Oh, the crush! There's no yeah. escaping the crush. No, you can't. Yeah, but it, although like she has literally escaped it now, and it's really annoying because like for, I thought for the first time in my whole career she's actually playing games. And I thought maybe we could. I could grade this up and then, you know, start at those games yeah. and sort of, you know, work up. Almost like a drug dealer. Yeah. I thought, you know, because mm. it, it, like things like, things like that, they're the kind of marijuana <laughs> games. I thought maybe I could get, we could get up <laughs> that to... That was a gateway. That yeah, was a gateway. exactly, yeah. So I thought we could maybe build from there. But no, Then you'd get her drunk and put a little console in her hand. Ne- yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and then shame. suddenly she's asking me for Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, oh, so, how, how sad that your plans to turn your wife into a <laughs> metaphorical heroin addict Failed. Yeah. My heart bleeds. <laughs> Spectacularly, our marriage survived. So, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Um, Helen, you're not you're not a massive gamer, are you? Really? No, no. I was in my uni days, right? Um, but yeah, I have since escaped the the gaming world. What, what did, did you play back back in the day? Oh, I played a game. My favourite game was a game called Happy Weed. <laughs> And you're a student, you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Happy Weed had these multiple levels. And like, as you were saying, so you started off trying to collect all the joints and then you moved up until you got to heroin. Oh. And it was like Pac-Man. Do you know this? No, I've not heard of this game. What? <laughs> Stuart the Guardian. He's a fraud. We've <laughs> exposed him. <laughs> not a Happy oh, Weed. So yeah, I got very good at that at, at university. <laughs> The game, the game, mother. Yeah, not my lots, of, lots of practical experience. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what I was very good at, and of course playing um, uh, Street Fighter Two. Mm. Ah, with, favorite character. Ah, uh, the little wizard. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not a wizard. It's no wizard. Little, you know the little old guy. Do, the what? What Street Fighter Two? There's no old guy. What is he? What's his oh, special my... move? The little, I like the little. What about who is the girl, the Asian girl? No, no, Chun-Li. go back to the Chun-Li. wizard. So we want to know more about this wizard. Guy. All girls like yeah. play Chun-Li. I think you were playing would... too much of the Happy Weed. <laughs> Surely there's a wizard. There was an old dude, wasn't there? An old dude in, in Street Fighter Two. No, there's. I mean, there's Dolcim. Uh, who's the one with the bendy arms? The yoga one. Yeah, yeah maybe that was him. There's Blanca, the big green one with the orange hair. Yeah. Who's sort of crouched? I mean, did you play Virtua Fighter? Because that's got an old guy. Yes, maybe that was it. Mm, <laughs> I don't yeah, know, I dr- was, I was mostly stoned and hanging right. out with my, my friends on like, you know, bean bags and eating chips. Playing yeah. happy weed. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. I was, sharehouses, that's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> happy weed. <laughs> or maybe you were actually amazingly brilliant at Street Fight 2 and you unlocked a secret character but that no one else not has even Keith and I have yeah. ever heard yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wizard, yeah. What, someone... what was his name, the wizard? Just make it up. <laughs> make up a wizard's name. Um... Merlin, good one, original, fresh. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so the great. I suspect. I suspect the, te- the Street Fighter team listening to this thinking, "Oh my goodness, she's found. Yeah. She's, she's found Merlin. We thought no one would ever find it all over again." <laughs> Hot wizard. <laughs> Um, so going back to to you, you Keith, as you're the guest, um, uh, do you do you play games with your sons? What games are they into? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they play a lot of games, but they play a lot of games by themselves, and they don't want me to be involved. But um, yeah, we play. Um, like we started off playing the Lego games, so things like Lego Harry Potter, Lego Indiana Jones. You can get everything now. Lego Two Girls One Cup. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they weren't so keen on that yeah. one. Uh, it's got some really weird puzzles. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, and those are really good because like when they're really little, because it's two player. So one of you can do all the puzzles. Like when you're, you know, the parent can do all the puzzles. Puzzles while the kid just goes around smashing stuff up. But then as they get older, they get they get more into the puzzle element of it. So they sort of do that. So okay. those games are really good. But lots of Minecraft. I play lots and lots of Minecraft with my sons, and that's really fun. See, I've I've yet to encounter Minecraft. I've had a go at it myself, right. and I've just found it. I couldn't really work out what was. I just ended up digging in like a hole and falling into it, and then I think I got eaten by spiders. Right. I, I was a shame, a shame to the gaming profession. Really, I didn't really like. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one because it is so because it is like really open so whatever you do in that world I mean there is a there is a kind of you can follow a sort of narrative but mostly what you're doing is just messing around like when my son started all they would do that literally all they would do is roam the environment uh, attacking farm animals because there were pigs and cows in the environment and they just they were just like a couple of t- delinquents I sort of tried to get them into Minecraft because it's really creative and it's like mm. playing Lego so you can actually build castles and mansions and everything but no they just wanted to wander the landscape like, <laughs> smashing the things up yeah that's sm- what guys like yeah. isn't it because I've been trying to play it more with him recently because I'm obviously doing the, uh, writing this book um um, but I found that um, in Minecraft, like you have a day-night cycle. So during the day, you can do all your creating. You can make your houses and everything. And, but at night, the, zomb- the monsters come out. So you have to get into your house. And you have to shut all your doors to make sure you're safe. And you also, each character can have a bed. And so you can skip the night. But if you all go to the bed at the same time, then uh, the night cycle skips. And it's daytime, so you can get up and start doing your stuff again. So I've actually found like playing Minecraft is... All I'm doing is like really role-playing parenthood again. Because often when we're playing the game... I'll go, right, night's coming. Everybody's got to come inside. Come inside now. Make sure the doors are shut. Right, can everyone get to bed now? I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing? I'm spending my leisure time like doing the worst part of parenthood, which is bedtime. So it's, it's, it's weird, but it's really sort of strangely compelling game. So mm. Minecraft and Lego, they're approved, Keith Stewart approved games for children. Absolutely, they are totally safe, 100%. You can leave your children in front of those without any worries <laughs> at all. And if <laughs> they're no wizards, no yeah. sex no, ladies. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, do video games ever cause arguments in your mm. house, though? Yeah, because it's the typical thing. Like, our, I, We wonder how long our children would play games if we just let them. If they got up at 9 o'clock in the morning, well, yeah, I wish. If they got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and, and we just let them play video games, we wonder how long they would play or whether they would literally pass out after, before they chose to do something else. Mm. So, um, so yeah, we argue over times, so like we say, right, you can play for an hour, you can play for two hours, and every time that time is up, they all they always kind of emerge... Um, uh, cr- crying, angry. Uh, so yeah, we we argue a lot over games and and how long they can play and what they can play. Mm. And they play in my games room because we have a cellar in our house that I've converted into a games room. And they never oh. leave it tidy enough. They leave the games out. Oh, and geez, they don't man. file them away properly. They put the Xbox One games with the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty games. Nightmare. Fucking it's nightmare. just. 
They're so irresponsible. Lock You're them in their cellar. You're the piss out, Keith. I know exactly what he means. I <laughs> yeah. like it. A tidy, orderly, you know, I've got a games box up there. It's all in uh, order of platform yeah. and uh no i i have a cupboard in which everything's higgledy piggledy and there's <laughs> yeah you the call madagascan it, cvds in the star wars dvd oh. and the scratched up toy story 3 is just where it wants to be oh no 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 <laughs> sounds no. like some vision of hell like from dante <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and then you just yeah. close it and lock it so all the dvds don't fall out okay oh now we're coming up to one of my favorite segments of the podcast book chat book chat <laughs> book chat, book chat. Oh, see, and I, what I like about this one, it's almost book chat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, almost it's like the prequel to book chat. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your book, Keith Stewart. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like news night, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, just the, it's, I mean, it's two stupid women. One's an Australian yeah. and one's a Cockney. And like, they just twat I've just about. drawn it from my imagination. Because <laughs> yeah. there, there could be no one like this in real life. No, <laughs> Um, well, it's about like I wrote. Uh, I've written a series of features about my older son Zach, who's on the autism spectrum, and um, he really responded brilliantly to Minecraft, and um, like got lots and lots and lots from it. And I think it really helped him in a lot of ways with his like creativity and also with his vocabulary because there's lots of like technical terms you've got to learn. So um, I wrote a lot about this um, and how important the game has been to him. Uh, in The Guardian and a publisher got in contact with me and said have you ever thought about turning this story the basics of this story into a novel and so I said no no because I've, you know, I've been a journalist for 20 years I never thought about writing a novel and yeah. like, I, I don't believe that maxim that everyone's got a novel in them I really don't So, and I thought I, I certainly don't I think everyone has it's just that most of them are shit yeah, yeah. maybe you know. yeah well I always think, I always think I've they, got an e-book in me <laughs> That's it. That's it. I've got a dirty limerick. <laughs> a haiku. Yeah. I just hope it stays in you. Right, so, uh, so yeah. So, um, so I went to meet the the publisher, and um, I said, "No, I've never thought of doing this." And he, and so my editor said, "Well, why don't you just write a synopsis and a couple of chapters?" So I just thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I wrote, I, I came up with an idea for what this story could be about. And it is about a kind of father with with an autistic child. That was the basis of it. And about how Minecraft kind of helps them out. And uh, the father's separated from the mother. And he's away from his child. And he's got no way to communicate with his child. But then they're both in, they, they become into Minecraft. And Minecraft becomes a place for them to get to know each other. So um came up with this idea. And they really liked it. And they uh, I got a contract to a two book deal to, to do the book and suddenly I thought oh, this is now this is really real this isn't a silly joke anymore um, now I've got to write now it I've got to write like, thousand words look, fair enough but can I just do a limerick is that all yeah, yeah. <laughs> there once was a boy who liked Minecraft oh fuck what rhymes with craft oh no fuck it cancel it cancel it now I'm thinking of that now Raft does but that doesn't really Duff, work Duff. Laugh. yeah <laughs> we are. I'm going to have to start writing that down in my notepad um, that's for the book launch we'll do you we'll yeah. do you a limerick um, that would be be good yeah i can imagine all these horrified all these horrified publishing so uh yes i've written 65 i think sixty-five thousand words seventy thousand words now so how long has that taken you that's six months so far i took off the whole of august and i wrote i was writing sort of two well about one thousand two thousand words a day so it's really hard and you really realize like i looked up beforehand i found a website where it had um 40 famous authors and it told you 
the average amount of words they wrote a day. Lots of lots of big famous authors, and most of them wrote about five hundred words a day. Apart from Michael Crichton, who wrote Jurassic Park and and, and all those books, who wrote ten thousand words a day. But he used to write on the tube and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah he used to get up at four in the morning, and yeah, he would write wherever he was. He would write, and he would oh. write constantly. So he completely skewed it and made it look like I did an average and. He completely screwed the average, but yeah, That's some. A lot. But yeah, That's, I think yeah. one thousand. Yeah, it was mainly variations on, and then the fucking dinosaur come out of the bushes and ate everyone. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can write yeah, that. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. Time <laughs> <Except> ten. <the dinosaurs. laughs> yeah. It was Get just. <laughs> What's a synonym for bleeding? Oh yeah, off we go. Another ten words. Bang, 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 bang. And of course, all the Latin terms of dinosaurs—they're really long words. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really it's them, filling really. those pages. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I can't do that. So um, so yeah, I, I found like a thousand words was enough for me. Mm. But um, but yeah, it's been re- it's been brilliant to do it. But because I, I never thought I never thought I would be able to do it. So I'm I've, now I've now I've got a contract and I've got to do it. Although or I'll probably get sued. Um, I think it's going to be okay. So I just, it's, it's and, just and are you are you foreseeing a film? Like, is, is this going to be like the new Tron? <gasps> <laughs> I'm, th- I'm Tron. not thinking Tron. You're, yeah. so, yeah. you're so on it. You're so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the new Tron. <laughs> That was 1982. I heard they're doing a sequel to Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> da, 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 da. Well done. done, yeah, well done. Where, yeah, where's I, your song for that? I fucking Googled the Mario theme song today, but it didn't go with Keith Stewart Podcast. It just, you didn't it just, try hard enough. What about Keith, 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 you two could be Super Mario and Luigi. No, no. You could run on. I'm saving it for your funeral. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I'm Mario, you're Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Keith gets dragged off by Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting all very dark and weird. Yeah, yeah that um, is, yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to require you in my will to do this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just burst in at the back of a crematorium with no, like, none of my family have been warned. All just go, wah, 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 <laughs> As the coffin lowers. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, K-O. K-O. It'd be lowered. It'd be lowered down a green pipe. (laughs) Just some gold coins. We've never um, we never openly laughed at the idea of a guest funeral before. Yeah, I'm, 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 glad, all right with that. I'm glad really that I've I've popped that particular cherry. Anyway, what are that's you doing? a new segment that you can do. <laughs> Laughing at the guest funeral. <laughs> How would you like to die? Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? You've written a limerick or something, haven't you? Uh, uh, yeah. We were somehow talking about Keith's book. I mm. wanted to ask. So, like, do you do you have like a special place and a time where you write? Like, because or do you, do you have a special pen? I suppose they do that on computers yeah. nowadays, don't they? I believe not, not like world. when they made Tron. No, it's <laughs> a little on an etcher sketch. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I write on my laptop, which is somewhere around here. Oh, yeah, behind behind Helen. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the Prosecco away from it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Helen blows up my novel. Have you backed up your novel, Keith? Um, I think. Oh God! So. Oh God! Oh, it oh. makes me unwell. Yeah, no, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Like, do you have a special desk or a special? Oh uh, well, we have. Ritual? We have um, through the summer. We have like a, a a summer house in our garden, um, and I I sort of sit, I've been sitting in there like more. was really nice, and she took the kids away on like a series of holidays to her like parents' house in Malvern, and and she took them away um, 
to Cornwall, and I was just sitting there in my uh, in my pants, writing in our summer house. Did oh, she, like Roald Dahl? I think that's what Roald yeah, Dahl Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do, be, I'm just going to be exactly as successful as Roald Dahl, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Did she check your internet history when she got back? Yeah, it's a lot of arguments. Of course she did. Yeah. <laughs> First thing I would do when yeah, I was yeah, yeah. How's that book coming along? <laughs> So it's now thousand pages. <laughs> so you've been uh, looking for local women in your area to help you come up with narrative arcs. That's... <laughs> yeah. Well done, Keith. Yes. <laughs> Be honest. Have you ever like written a bit and then just sat back and gone, "That is mint. That's genius. That is. That's a Booker winning paragraph." I don't know. I have no. <laughs> no. I think maybe a couple of lines where I thought, "Oh, that's all right. That's pretty good." Yeah. But no, it's very rare. Mostly, it's uh, like going back and reading it and thinking, "What the hell was I thinking?" Uh, this is awful. It doesn't make any sense. These characters aren't very like progressing properly. Um, but that's the beauty of editors. Like I never really like, like. I'm obviously I've been a magazine editor and now I'm a newspaper uh, section editor. But like novel editors, you realise like how much work they do. Almost as much as podcast editors. I would. Oh, yeah. Say. yeah almost. I mean, no one works as hard as you guys. <laughs> Um, often when Ellie and I write a joke that we think is really good we do a series of gunfires <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> that goes on for several hours yeah. Oh. Yeah, it starts off with a pistol <laughs> yeah. but like, we actually physically mind it as well so then I'll pull like the pin out of a hand grenade and like we're out chucking it into the audience the audience exploding yeah. Yeah. with laughter yeah. and that can keep that can take up a good half an hour for yeah. <laughs> just like and by the end of it you've forgotten what the line yeah. was that yeah. you've written after yeah. we've gone eh, yeah. We've killed them with our humour. After you dragged out like a tank. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the nuclear weapon. Yeah. Doing the mushroom. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's but like We've got each other, so we can like suggest a joke, and the other one can go. That's the funniest thing anyone's ever said, or yeah. which happens quite often, or no, which also happens. Quite yeah. often. So like, do, is it quite lonely? Like. Do you, you must have to trust yourself and trust your knowledge of what's good. Yeah, I don't. But it's weird though because I have been a journalist for so long. I can I can really separate myself from what I from what I'm doing, so I can be quite dispassionate about it. But at the end of every, almost every day, I give it to more uh, more my wife to read, and she is very much my quality filter. Uh, she reads a lot, and and she would she would be lit, like literally uh, incredibly embarrassed if it wasn't that good. And she won't hold back. She won't. She won't be polite. So mm. I know when it's not that good. So she's been an amazing like quality filter. So in some ways, I'm not by myself because she's been there for like the entire time, saying, "Yeah, this bit isn't that good. Don't say that. Don't mm. use that word." Or if she just wants to get back to Candy Crush, yeah, brilliant, Keith, nice one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nine out of ten. Make <laughs> off on. Yeah, exactly. Well done. <laughs> so, what do your what do your sons? think of it because it's kind of based on them isn't it yeah I mean, it's really tricky like i've been talking to mark about this um like they know i'm writing a book um because my son my albie uh, when uh, we went on a holiday he designed a cover for it himself he read he, he he um he colored it in and made a cover for the book which i immediately sent to the publishers and mm. demanded that they use <laughs> um so but with zach it's kind of hard because um uh, you know, because he is on the autism spectrum, and he's he's very high up on the spe- spectrum. But we're not, you know, I don't know how much of that he gets of what I'm doing. So he knows I'm writing a book, um, and I don't know how to explain to him to say it's kind of inspired by mm. you, and I don't want to exploit him. But at the same time, it's like you know, all writing comes from your personal experiences. Mm. Obviously, um, 
I wonder, you know, when he's 18, 19, maybe he'll look back and look at this book and think, what the hell was Daddy doing? But I don't know, because um, it's not really about us. It's just mm. the, the situation transposed to another set of characters. Right. So. so it's inspired by rather than Yeah, yeah, dad. it's not. It's definitely not autobiographical. Although there are lots of things that happen that he's done that I've nicked from the book. There's, right. there's been loads of occasions whenever he's... Uh, like whenever we've gone out with him and he's had like some sort of terrible meltdown, Morag will just kind of look at me and go, material. That's <laughs> <laughs> what our husbands do to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids just shat themselves at McDonald's. <laughs> it's comedy. It's comedy gold. <laughs> Put it in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost disappointed it's not really like about you because I was going to ask you, he would play you in the film of your book of your life. Right. I mean, it, obviously it would be Ryan Gosling. Because we are almost identical. Oh, so yeah. But when you turned so, up tonight, I was like, Ryan. Yeah, what the hell are you, you doing here again? There's yeah. been a confusion with the booking. <laughs> <laughs> You're on next week, Ryan. Yeah. Get yeah. out, honestly. Uh, well, we uh, yeah, we have we've sort of thought, oh yeah, who could be in this? Because you know, you mm. sit there kind of fantasizing about what's going to happen with the, your first book that you've ever written. So you think, oh, what if they do make a film? Who could be in it? I got three syllables for you, Keith. Okay. Come. Burr batch. Really? Oh, wow. That is good. Yeah. I mean we're gonna get a big we're gonna get a big audience with that, aren't we? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't mean Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch, by the way. I mean his little known brother Ian Cumberbatch. He's, he's <laughs> up and coming. He's a yeah. He's done a bit of Amdram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played a little wizard in Street Fighter Two. He has musical. seen the Mousetrap eighteen times. He? He's got a lot of theatrical experience. Who would play you, Thorn, in a in a film of oh. in Scummy Mummies the movie? Imagine that. Oh, Drew Barrymore, of course. For for me or for you? Oh, sorry, for me. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You pointed yeah. at me. I was. Confused. Oh no, I was just saying, of course, right? Yeah. And my friend, Michael Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I can do the legs thing. And yeah, and you, and you, my dear. Oh, I don't know. I want a young Sigourney Weaver. I've met Sigourney Weaver and interviewed her. What was she like? She was brilliant. Was she? Yeah, I was. Oh. Pet- I was petrified about meeting her because um, she was my hero, and I was going. I loved Alien and Aliens, and I was really terrified that she was going to be awful and horrible. But she was wonderful. She was so funny. And she talked to me about her dad read The Guardian. I got a bit overexcited. And I was going, when you come to London, you've got to come to the office. And we're going to have coffee. It's like, I can imagine like, her PR people yeah. slowly coming in towards me. With like a, with like a crook. To, like, no, no, there's a really the nice Costa just outside the office. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. It's fine. No, tell me yeah. when you're... I've got my diary here. <laughs> Why don't we just pencil it in? They know me in there. They give me extra gingerbread syrup. <laughs> so lots of people do want to write a book. Obviously, what what would be your top tips if you think you've got a novel? You know what? How do you how do you do it? Oh, that is uh, that is a really hard question because I mean because my situation was so weird and I wrote, was writing about something that happened to me. But I would say um, like there's two schools of thought with uh, with writing novels. One is you just kind of make it up, or, you know, as you go along and you completely brainstorm it and you write it all and you go back and edit it. Or you plan it out incredibly heavily all the way through. Um, I would say that the best thing to do is, if you have an idea, come up with a very vague synopsis. So you have a kind of a framework so you know that you could get it out over... A, you could stretch your story out over 100,000 words. And then kind of start kind of improvising around that. So don't like do a massive uh, plan. Don't uh, just completely freestyle it. Have a kind of vague skeleton of an idea before you start... Um, and find somewhere quiet um, and 
do it when you're relaxed and everybody writes at different times and don't try and force yourself to write a ridiculous time. Like if you're a person that writes at eight o'clock in the morning, then that's when you've got to do it. You can't force yourself to do it at four in the afternoon. So Mm. yeah, just... And always clear your internet search history. Yes, yes. exactly. Because sometimes people don't think it's relevant that you've been that you've been searching for hot women in your area, even though it's obviously really important. That's to... chapter nine, right there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are my not particularly brilliant tips. That's good. No, that's good. Have you ever thought of writing a novel? Yeah. What would it be about? Uh, I was going to write about a girl from the country in Australia. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's a big slag yeah. <laughs> she's eaten by dingoes yeah. <laughs> it was going to be about the microcosm of Australia about the breakdown of multiculturalism but brought together by dance Aww. so that like is... strictly strictly uh, dance, strictly ballroom sort of meets footloose yeah, yeah. You work there. there's no We've... racism in Australia you no. know that yeah <laughs> it's been solved already oh fuck it <laughs> So now you're quite far along in the process. Is there anything that you've learned that you wish you'd known sort of at the start? Um, I think definitely not to try to kind of completely force yourself to write when you're when you're just not into it. Like the stuff I've cut is the stuff where I've thought, right, I've got to write something today. I've really, really got to. And I've written stuff and it's been rubbish. Mm. I think you can sense like, um, it's like acting. when you As soon as you feel as though you're not portraying something, then that completely comes across to everybody else so I think you know if you don't believe in what you're writing then that is immediately apparent on the page so uh, although you've got to try and make yourself write every day I think there are just days where it's just not happening and you just got to let let it go because mm. um, I think I'd like beat myself up about it about there's been days when I've not been able to write you just got to relax and let it go and not and not and not worry about it so if I could go back and tell myself not to be such a dick all the time. In fact, that's, that's probably just... good general life. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not just about the novel. If I could tell myself at any stage in my life, that was probably what I'd tell myself. <laughs> so so when is your when is your book out, Keith? Um, it's going to be out in hardback in, I think it's autumn next year. Oh, uh, it takes a long then? time. Got well, no, I think I've got to hand it in before then. I don't know. I don't know if they still type it out manually. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. Are you going to have a book launch? Are you going to have a... I hope so, yeah, because obviously I'm going to get you two to come along and sing your Keith song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, like, because I, I, if you do it at the funeral, I'm not going to be there to see it. So no. I'm gonna, I love we'll do a whole it. album, Songs yeah, in the yeah. Key of Keith. Yeah. What's, <laughs> like... the, what's the book called? Uh, it's called uh, Boy Made of Blocks. A boy made of blocks. Go on, Helen. Improv. You're going to do it to Tetris. Made of blocks. Uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. It's quite. It's quite. It's quite like a Bond theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A boy yeah. made of blocks. <laughs> Is that more Shirley Bassey? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe the Tetris one would work quite well. Boy made of blocks. A boy made of blocks. <laughs> <laughs> boy made of blocks. He's made of blocks. You should do that as your launch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And watch as my editor like slides out of the room. You know. Maybe you could do the audio book. Maybe we could get you oh, to the voice. We want to get into audio books, ah, don't yeah. we? We had an idea the other day for a Fifty Shades of Grey audio book, which is just someone going, "Oh, oh, I like it. Oh, I like it." Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So <laughs> Lister's now having to have a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> or vomit. Yeah. Um, oh, no, are you, Keith, when you are the toast of Richard and Judy's book club, will you still talk to us? Uh, I doubt it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, what have we done, Helen? Cracked that nut, Ellie. We certainly have. We, we cracked can... Keith's book nut. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally cracked. So it's time for the next section of the podcast. Uh, and I've called this one Keith Solves Our Parenting Gaming Dilemmas Like Some Sort of White Male Video Gaming Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, let me mansplain video games. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, but there are like lots of issues around games and kids, and and mm. yeah, even as like a gamer myself and someone who's worked in games for years, like I struggle with it. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm hoping, Keith, that you do. Do I, you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've got a good idea of what I should be doing. Well, let's kick off with a big one then. Um, how much screen time should children be gaining? Well, I mean, this is a really sort of contentious area. I'm just going to look at my notes here for a second. Um, it's, a, it's a really contentious area. There's no, I mean, there's been lots of scientific research into, you know, screen time, its effects on development. And the best advice I have seen has been from the uh, American Academy of uh, Pediatrics. Great bunch of lads. Uh, and um, they say, uh, like, one, basically, they say one to two hours of screen time a day. And but what age is that? For... That's over two. Okay. So that's, you know, anything that, that basically say before... That, I mean, their thing is before two, no screen time, which is really, really hard, especially mm. if you have a child with older siblings, then what do you do if you've got like an 18-month-year-old who has older siblings and mm. how do you keep them away from the television? It's ridiculous. So I'm not I so make sure mine wear, wear like a blindfold. Right, yeah, I saw works. earlier on, mm, yeah, effective. I yeah. think. <laughs> and they also say, like, try to avoid children having... Uh, screens in their bedrooms mm-hmm. so like make screens a social thing so so i mean that, those are kind of sensible things but obviously we all break them but i think you know if you can keep that in mind one to two hours a day i think i think mm. that's kind of that's sensible and there's lots of research to say that a certain amount of screen time is actually really good for children it's like um because you know we're living in a screened era we're living in an era where you know a, a, a digital where children are digital natives you know they, they're growing up surrounded by technology so they need to have a certain understanding of the world and 
you know, if you bring up your child with no screen time and no you know, iPads or tablets or no interaction with uh, technology at all, you're kind of robbing them of an, an essential component in their they're lives. They're going to be weird, is what you're saying, Keith. Yes, they're going to be exactly, weird. Yeah. yeah. Those are the children who are going to grow up and end up taking tablets because they're so bored. Exactly. Exactly. Ex- yeah, exactly. Alone as well, because <laughs> everyone else is going to be on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there are lots of different types of screen time as well. So, yes, te- you know, watching television as a linear form of entertainment, so it's not interactive. But there's also differences within games. Like there's lots and lots of really great applications for children and, and games which are really, really creative. So there's a company called Tokoboka that makes games like uh, Toka Hair Salon and Toka Nature. Oh, the kitchen one, Charlie. Oh, likes, yeah. yeah. See, um, Toka Nature is brilliant, uh, which is just uh, you get this open environment and you can throw seeds onto the landscape and it grows trees and different trees attract different wildlife. So you're kind of creating a garden. And it's really creative and really open and really free form. Um, so, you know, that's very different from sitting your child in front of, you know, like a video game, uh, a, you know, a normal video game, like with a little wizard in it. Um, <laughs> you have to you have to be open to technology, even if you didn't grow up with games. I think it, it's a yes, natural part of where we are. Hippies. Yeah, exactly. Come on, move Screw on. you guys. Yeah. Stop making me feel guilty. Stop, yeah. ma- stop playing with mud and get yeah. onto your tucker bocker. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so next, next parenting gaming dilemma. Mm-hmm. Keith, Trisha. Um, so your, let's say your child is 16 and they're quite mature mm. and all they want for Christmas is this 18 rated game that all their friends are playing oh, yeah. what do you do Keith what do you do <laughs> answer oh, me Keith get off me just go really to his friends and, and, and denial responsibility yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think you know it's a child by child basis and you've got to think of it in the way you do films so like an if you think of an 18 certificate game exactly the same way as you would think of an 18 certificate movie because there is no difference uh, the video so you don't believe that whole thing of like because you're interacting with it because you're the one doing the killing or causing the violence that that's doesn't make no, it worse I mean, it's, you know psychologi- uh, psychologically that's massively complex area right. um, I mean you know I feel the effects are different but I'm not sure if they're worse and you know there's there's lots of arguments about about short term and long term aggression uh, effects within games I don't believe there's ever been a study which has shown that that games instigate violent behaviour more mm. than uh, more than films do or in fact at all it's really really hard to show long term effects of any media because there's so many other things going on in our lives you know the uh, children have lots of influences so it's very hard to say this is why they've done that so no I think problem is lots of parents that don't play video games that don't know games kind of look at these numbers on the front of the box and think oh it's a video game doesn't matter but it does matter um the people that um are putting those ratings on the front of games uh, are the video standards council vsc who have spent the last 40 years putting video classifications onto the dvds and oh the filth they've seen it's a wonder they're all homicidal isn't it (laughs) (laughs) i know i met them all they're very mild mannered as well i went to see them and i was expecting these kind of crazed looking uh people but they're very mild mannered and talk about it very sensibly uh but yeah so i think what you've got to think is would i let my child watch an 18 certificate movie and if you feel as though you genuinely would then I feel then it's probably okay for them to see an 18 significant game. But if you wouldn't, then you shouldn't. And lots of parents don't understand that if a game says 18 on the cover or 16, then it is absolutely not um, suitable for a seven-year-old. So... 
That's it's really interesting. I had a conversation with a mum today whose eight-year-old went to a friend's house and they played an 18-plus mm. game and and they were good friends and like it was an old brother and he, she was she said I find it really difficult because they're good friends and how do you how do you then say to your friend your parenting choices yeah it's really hard and again it's the same thing with films like you know you don't you know when your kids go to someone else's house what are they watching on the television Mm. what i you know what i would do is talk to the parents and say uh i do not want my child playing those games Mm. but that's so difficult though how how do you start that conversation without 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 sounding judgy or like or like a wanker basically like I, i i would sing it yeah. <laughs> I don't want my children playing those types of video games. You're a bad mum and a terrible dad, and your kids are going to be all fucked up. But thank you for the five hours of free childcare. I'll go off and do my shopping. We can sing it. In fact, if you have to listen to this podcast, you could just play that down the phone at the at the. <laughs> <laughs> it is difficult, but that, that's part of, you know, that okay. is part of... Let's, yeah, parents, no, right, let's, let's role-play it now, right? Let's okay. role-play it, Keith. Okay, so I'm like, I'm like a terrible parent. I mean, right. but also, in the context of this role-play, mm. um, like, your seven-year-old child has been visiting my seven-year-old child and playing, cool. and playing Call of Duty. Right, okay. Okay, you you go. <laughs> so I'm ringing you up, am I, or are we just meeting on the Whatever, I, don't, I feel like that doesn't matter. It's up uh, to you. Okay. you. You can choose. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's not really the point. Is, <laughs> right, I don't know, I know, because I need to get into character. Okay, go on, yeah. <laughs> okay. My name is so... Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> What am I wearing? What am I wearing? <laughs> I feel like I'm a tiny wizard. Um, You're wearing a Breton top. Yeah. So, Ellie, right, I know, uh, <laughs> I know you're you're fine with Charlie playing uh, Call of Duty, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But I'm just not sure my sons are mature enough to deal with. Is it my game. fault though? Is it my fault if your child's not very mature? How's that my fault? No, it's not your fault, Ellie. Yeah. And I don't know why you're talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All I'm saying is my son. I'm trying to be threatening. It's my it's <laughs> my fault. My sons aren't mature enough to play Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah, uh, not yours. Uh, you've done. A, you've made amazing parent decisions. Uh, but but because my children are but so seems, immature, it seems like you're saying this one's wrong, Keith. Because you know I feel like you're judging me. Because why why shouldn't my child? It's just a game. It doesn't mean because I'm sure your child does game. lots of other mature things that you know reads <laughs> reads uh, reads the Brontes. Like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're on that. <laughs> All right. That's well, there it. we are. That's it. That's that's, that's solved. That's solved. Yeah. So well I done, tried Trisha. to solve it by putting the em- em- emphasis on me not being good enough. But oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can see fell. straight through that, Keith. Keith yeah. Trisha. All all uh, negligent parents can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a um, we had a question from a listener who is a huge fan of yours and said that um, you're her hero. Really, she has a son. Um, who is on the spectrum and that your articles um, are very touching and she says thank you. So um, she was very thrilled that you were coming on the podcast. So thank you to that listener who I said. Yes, thank you very much. That's very kind. You know who you are. She said, she's got two questions. Mm. Top tips on getting games-obsessed kids into programming. How do you do that? And two, can a game encourage real-world social interaction? Ooh, good. Yeah. good questions. They are good. They are good questions. Um, so, yes, uh, with getting Game Mad Kids into uh, programming, there are a whole bunch of um, pieces of software which kind of work in a very game-like way, but uh-huh. actually kind of trick you into coding. So there's one called uh, Scratch uh, by... Um, 
MIT, and this is a very, very simple uh, programming language, mm-hmm. um, which gives you the, the basics of a game. Like I think you can like choose to sort of modify a, li- a little maze game, but it, it essentially teaches you how to cr- construct a computer program. And you're making a video game at the same time. And it's really, really nicely presented. It's very easy to use. It's really good fun. Mm-hmm. And if you like your kids like Minecraft, they'll immediately understand the, the, the way that it works. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. And Microsoft does one called Kodu as well, which I think is K-O-D-U. And mm-hmm. again, it's like a visual programming language. So oh, cool. they're almost like playing games. Mm. Um, so you can almost trick your children into learning mm. by telling them it's a game. So, And also there's a really interesting program, but you, you'll need to help your kids a bit with it, called Twine. And it's kind of... Do you remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books from the 80s? Oh, I do. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need, well, there's a program called Twine uh, where you can create your own Choose Your Own Adventure stories, but in text form on a computer. So I would, you know, I would try any of those. Great. Excellent. Excellent. And the other the other question was about social interaction. Wasn't yeah, it? so can can a game encourage real world social interaction? Definitely. So um you know, any basically any local multiplayer game will. Yeah. So if you have a Wii U and you're all around playing uh, Mario Kart Eight or something, so yeah. local mul- multiplayer means playing in the Everyone same room, in the same so room, not online, with but four, just yeah, together, exactly, yeah. with with four with four joy pads in front of one screen. That's those are really really social. I mean, in some ways, playing local multiplayer games, so playing around one TV, is very much like that old vibe used to get in the olden days playing board games. You know, a lot of the fun and interaction of a board game isn't what's happening on the board. But also the misery and violence. Exactly, yeah. uh, Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, yeah, (laughs) families falling out over Christmas. Potential for broken windows. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I have broken families. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I should not. Um, And also playing creative, cooperative games online. So, you know, I keep going back to it, but games like Minecraft, where if if you're playing Minecraft on a server or online with Mm. eight friends and you decide on a project you want to make together... Um, then there's lots of communication involved in that. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously, because my son is autistic, I know there's lots of Minecraft servers which have been set up to help autistic children, set up specifically for autistic children. And they have... uh, It's been amazingly beneficial to children in terms of, like, developing their social uh, interplay. So if you have to work together to solve a problem in a video game, that is a social skill. So. Awesome. I like that. There we go. Good answers. Mm. I feel like good. (laughs) And also, well, I feel like we've probably solved all video game parents so we have to role play again <laughs> that was terrifying <laughs> that was <weird>. I know <laughs> are you going to do that again with any other guests why didn't you role play with Jane Carvey <laughs> oh we did but Ellie edited it out oh, right. <laughs> now I'm quite excited about the next part of the podcast I have invented for you Keith Stewart a mm. video game it's wow. called Keith Stewart the video game yeah <laughs> I like it already <laughs> it's a keith up Right. <laughs> or, if you like, a first-person stewarder. Oh. <laughs> Please don't leave. Um, no, it's a, listen, it's a brand new, it's a brand new genre, right? It's a brand new genre. Okay. So you mentioned earlier the, the old text adventures. I don't know if you played these, Helen, where mm. you had like, on a computer and it was all just words and it was like, you are standing in a room and there's a key on the table and there's a, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've written Keith Stewart the Game a parenting themed audio text adventure wow this sounds incredible okay here we go chapter one keith stewart you are standing in a hospital room i'm doing my jane garvey voice. you are you are there is a chair and a bed and a door to the north your wife is giving birth on the bed she is making a lot of noise chevron 
And when I say Chevron, you have like it's like right. I've got to. to I've got to do the thing. Do, yeah. Okay, uh, go north. Uh, incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> Your wife wants a divorce. <laughs> what you should have done is apologise for getting her pregnant, for being a man, and not being able to have the baby yourself, and for everything you've ever done. Chapter two. It is your child's first birthday. Perhaps unwisely, you have chosen to celebrate by eating out in a restaurant. On the floor below you is most of your child's food, and on each of the four walls around you is the rest of your child's food. The other diners are getting huffy-puffy, and the waiter is giving you angry face. Chevron. Apologise for everything I've ever done. Incorrect. (laughs) I thought I could play the system. What you should have done is throw your own food on the floor, uh, adopt a comedy foreign accent and claim that this is the custom in restaurants in your country. Sorry for any misunderstanding. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. That was the second thing. Final level. This is the boss level. Right? Okay. It's the end of the game. Because I've done so well so far. Done so well. You've reached the end of another hard day of parenting. Your child is in bed at last and you are sitting in the kitchen. There is a door to the south. On the table in front of you is a bottle of wine, a corkscrew and a glass. Chevron. Ignore glass, open bottle, drink straight from bottle. Oh, almost, Keith. What you should have done is go south, go through the door, go to the Tesco, buy another four bottles of wine, oh, and then start drinking. Oh, 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 Ellie Kinson. Good game, good oh. game. Well, that was that was Keith Stewart, the game, uh, the sequel, Keith Stewart 2, where you have to parent two children, is out next year. And, of course, there's Keith Stewart multiplayer, uh, where you have to go to a soft play party with 28 other parents. <laughs> That's available as DLC. A downloadable extra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's Keith Stewart Anniversary Edition, which is where you forget your wedding anniversary. <laughs> so it's a whole franchise. I've <laughs> yeah, got three out of ten for that. <laughs> so the next section and, and, and the penultimate section of this podcast is Keith Saves Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm. So in this part of the podcast, what we want you to do is use your wisdom to help us uh, for Christmas presents. Please, okay. Okay. please, please. So, um, so video games, I guess, were a big part of your childhood, my childhood. Well, we had an Amstrad, of course. CPC no one had an Amstrad. Oh, we had an Amstrad. Really? Yeah. Oh, no wonder you've grown up so messed up. No. this podcast. We played Laser Shoot Larry, I remember. Speaking of... Laser Shoot Larry? Laser Shoot Larry. What? Laser Shoot Larry. That sounds better. a load of lesbians shoot Larry in the face. I would love that. This sounds like a good game. Laser Shoot Larry. Yeah, nice. Laser Shoot Larry. Absolutely. That's, uh, very, I mean, The Guardian would definitely review yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. I hate leisures. <laughs> no, I don't hate leisures. I, I don't love... I mean, I'm not... I just don't want to spat my perspective <laughs> I'm very supportive. <laughs> so, so for any parents out there who are looking to maybe buy a games console this Christmas, yeah. which one is the best, Keith? What, for, for children... Uh, well, for, for like a family machine. Yeah, I mean the Wii, uh, Wii U is a really, really good machine. It doesn't have that many games, but the games it has are brilliant for families. So um, Mario Kart 8, uh, Nintendo Land, um, Super Smash Brothers. They're really nice games that you can all play together. Uh, and it's a lot cheaper than the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Uh, so um, I think that's a really good machine. If you're going to buy another one, I would say maybe a PlayStation 4 and something like Lego Dimensions, which is a new Lego game, which is kind of like Skylanders and Disney Infinity. So you get to uh, build Lego toys and put them onto a portal, and those toys are transported into the video game world, which is quite cool. Mm. What about Sega Mega Drive? Is that oh, gone? Is that gone? Yeah, it's gone. Up? It's a long way. I, I've actually written... Sega? <laughs> yeah. The, the famous console Pete Seeger released in the <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Sega. The best ever Sega uh, game was uh, Sega Rally, where the game over when you when you crashed your car, mm. the game over sat, tune went game over, yeah. <laughs> And it's brilliant. You've got it. If you've never heard this, go on to uh, go on to Google. If you don't believe me, and um, put in Sega Game Over Yeah, and you'll you'll find a video of the oh, of this. I'm going to incorporate that into Keith Stewart the video game. Yeah. I like oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Parenthood Over Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah if your kids are disappointed about anything in life, you could learn from Sega. So you could go. Boyfriend's finished with you. Yeah. <laughs> GCSE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes everything better. Do you think when they realised they finally just had to withdraw from the, uh, the hardware market, they went Dreamcast over, yeah! yeah. Niche game show, there we are. Yeah. That's the niche well game done. show you've been waiting for. That's for Ollie and Rufus, yes. Who's <laughs> Rufus? Rupert. Yeah. Rupert. Rupert, sorry. Oh, oh dear. Um, what good games are out this Christmas, Keith? Um, so, yeah, as uh, Lego Dimensions looks quite good for kids. Uh, Skylanders Superchargers, although it can get expensive because you have to buy all the toys. If you want games that aren't suitable for children, they're really Always. good this year. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pains, really, really oh, is good. Is it, though? Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's, it's just nonsense, though, isn't it? It's just gibberish. Okay, all right, then. It's just gibberish. You've completely <laughs> seen through the whole thing. 20 years experience, Ellie. <laughs> 20 years! Emperor's new clothes! Emperor's new clothes! <laughs> you 20 hungry years! Hippos. I've got 10 years! I've won awards Your twice as good. long! <laughs> <laughs> I'm half as good, yet twice as jaded. <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, what are, th- what are there any good adult games? That sounds like sexy games. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey video game. Yeah. There is actually. There's a game called Rinse and Repeat on PC, ooh, and ooh. it's a game where you have to um, scrub a, a hunky guy in a shower. <laughs> that is a trick. That is a real game. You've played it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, so it's on PC, so I would I would recommend. But that. it's not PC. <laughs> well, then what, what, what's not PC about scrubbing a hunky men in showers? <clears throat> I don't I don't know. I'm, I don't. <laughs> You've got all flustered. <laughs> She's gone bright red. Yeah. Stop it. I guess we're talking about Christmas now. But what does the future hold, Keith Stewart from the Guardian? What's going to happen in the future, man? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, no one will be yeah. saying man. Yeah, exactly. Not in that way. That stopped in the 80s dude so I think virtual reality is going to be a thing next year there's lots of virtual reality uh, headsets coming out so there's Oculus Rift there's the HTC Vive which you're going to you can plug into your PC there's the um, Sony's uh, PlayStation virtual reality headset so virtual reality is going to become a consumer reality next year. Mm. And the big question is, are lots of people going to use it? Because it's a bit weird sitting in your living room with a helmet on. Like they've solved a lot of the problems uh, that used to uh, be involved with virtual reality. Like I, mm. I tested virtual reality headsets when I was a game developer in 1993 or four, wow. um, And I spent a lot of time with terrible migraines and throwing up in our, in our works uh, toilet. Um, they've but it was the early 90s kids. Yeah, exactly. So I, don't, <laughs> right. I can't blame that entirely. It was in Manchester. That. It was probably, <laughs> yeah, it was probably more to do with the Stone Roses yeah. than, uh, uh, than, than Veterality. Baggy pants. Yeah, <laughs> massive baggy trousers that I was wearing. <laughs> Those huge hoodies. Yeah. Um, um, augmented reality are going to really, really change the way we think about screened entertainment. Mm. Uh, in, in lots of really profound ways um, but I think the headsets have got to get smaller so it's going to be really expensive for a few mm. years but ev- like everything it's like the down. mobile phones of the 80s man I mean mm. dude <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah man yeah. <laughs> 
It is like so. Yeah, you yeah. have that big like brick shaped thing in your pocket. Yeah, and like everybody says, like you know, when people used to look at those things, people oh. said it's only ever going to be sad yuppies that have this. But now everybody's got a smartphone. Yeah. And in fact, um, the Nickelodeon researcher who I spoke to said that thirty five percent of un- children under eleven now have a tablet of their own. Blimey. So you know we are we are the next generation is so digitally native that to mm. them putting on a headset and being immersed in a virtual world isn't going to be weird like no. we think it's weird but it won't be to them. So mm. their children are just going to be brains in jars, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. If they have computer. children, yeah. their children will be like uh, they'll be children will be like Tamagotchi. On oh, people be giving birth to calculators. <laughs> 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 Congratulations, oh. it's a lovely adding machine. Yeah, it's, it's a Casio. It's, a, it's an Amstrad. Right. Oh no, oh. it's okay, we can offer you support. Yeah. <laughs> it's a leaflet. The first time I met Ellie was at a gig and she was doing a stand up gig and she did this hilarious. I like this person, it's a stand up gig, not like a stripping gig. Yeah. <laughs> Those other ones she was no, doing. She was really into folk. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> 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 with a yeah. seeger yeah <laughs> love, love folk but one of, one of the jokes that Ellie did was that she did a joke about a couple who had got to this point into the relationship where he said he'd only have sex with a woman if she was wearing a mask of Billy Piper or Kimberly from Girls, Girls Aloud. Aloud right and so I was thinking very very highbrow political satire yeah, yeah. so this, this is, is the first, one of the first jokes of it I, I the first time I ever saw Ellie, but I can see now that you could take that to the bedroom if you say, you know, I'm oh. only going to bone you if I <laughs> if I'm looking at Bono. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh my god! So you could like program in, yeah, like go right. Who are we going to be tonight? I'm going to be on McPherson, and you can. Yeah, be... And you put your head your head, <laughs> headsets on, but then wouldn't they kind of like bang together while you were doing it? What you Pens when you look what? at each other when you have sex? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Jesus Go on, who would you have, Helen, in oh. your in your in your VR? Oh John uh, Cusack. Joan Cusack? John Cusack. Oh, I was gonna say Maybe, Mrs. University. Oh no, because I was gonna say you could be Joan Cusack, but then that'd be really weird. That's too it? weird. Go on, Keith, who would you you know? You don't have to say one of us just to flatter it. <laughs> just keep that to yourself. Yeah. It'd be weird. That's how we usually end the God, podcast. We don't want to make it weird. Yeah. We don't want to make it weird. God's sake, no. I've come up with a really good idea. Let's dragons den it. Oh, right, so, time. Right, so a bitch. <laughs> what should so, I do? So, so you would you would have these virtual reality <laughs> things that would would farm your Facebook and all your computer right. and then create your ultimate fantasy land for you like with your songs pictures like create your house with pictures of friends and like a happy place so things that would read your life mm. and take you into a, a place yeah so you'd have food that you may have taken photos of and it would cobble together all your <laughs> happiness right yeah but the problem or you could just make the food that you like and yeah like go just... and see one of your friends <laughs> yeah that would no, be no, my no. suggestion but, but you know like i i could go create my happy place from Australia and like put all my memories together and like pictures of you know like you could you could do that what if it got kind of the wrong end of the stick and you'd written something online about the terrible time you'd had in Australia the awful boyfriend and you put your virtual reality headset on and there's some guy coming at you with uh, with um, I don't know what Australians look like (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's holding 
singing a boomerang. Singing crowd house. Yeah. What if you'd taken a photo of a really bad meal you had for TripAdvisor? Mm. I love how Helen has this beautiful, idyllic sort of idea yeah. of the yeah. power yeah. technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 just yeah. smash it like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, You're living in like the country living magazine. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, no, in Britain, nobody's happy. And that's how it is. Take your jolly idea and fuck off back to Australia. It's got to be a hellish dystopia. We're not interested. Oh, well, there we are. We've we've solved future so future much. of gaming. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've invented the future yeah. of virtual reality. Yeah. Oh, what we, what is it now? What's happening it's now? It's the scummy mummy confessions. We're nearly at the end. Right, we've nearly you, completed it. You okay. do one. What's Keith going to get for completing this podcast? Uh, well, you tell. You oh, tell me. <laughs> uh, so my scummy mummy confession is that today, quite excitingly, Charlie had his first play date with a the school friend. Charlie just sort of started shouting butt at me and just generally being sort of I think I'd said you're a silly sausage or something so it was I did start it uh, which culminated in Charlie shouting at me very loudly you're the manager of the butt factory <laughs> which yeah. I could not help Are laughing you? at and thereby obviously endorsing implicitly yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Helen have you got a confession for well, us? Well I, I wanted to just sort of follow up from the happy weed conversation because when I was in when I was in university I boned this guy called Aeneas. We were both playing Happy Weed on the same computer and he was at the highest score and then I played it and then I got the highest score. So you know when you type in your name for the highest score for a game? Yeah. I wrote Helen is on top of and then the next name was Aeneas, right? Oh. And then I sobered up and went, fuck, everybody on the university network can see this. So I stayed up all night. <laughs> And got better at that game, so I cleared my name from the top score until dawn. Oh, wow. bless you, you so that, weird so I, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to save myself from social embarrassment from saying Helen is on top of Aeneas. Anyway, so now he now he flies helicopters in the army. I don't know. Wow. I know yeah, great. That could have been you, see? Could have been, yeah. yeah you can- Oh, well, we've come to the end of the podcast. Oh, sadly. Game over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Get out. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, please tell your friends. Please keep listening. Please subscribe on the iTunes mm. uh, and follow us on Twitter. That's right. We're at, at Scummy Mummies. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Well, thank you so much, Keith Stewart, <laughs> off of The Guardian, for thank being you. a brilliant guest. Have you enjoyed yourself? No, it's been rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, until next time. Bye-bye. What was that? What was that film that about? It was. Was it called The Wicker Man? You know. Oh, the one where they put where, uh, with, where they put uh, a man in a Edward wicker Woodward. man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a bit like that, isn't it? Is it? What? What is a bit like that? This whole goes into, podcast? Yeah, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Keith, if you'd like to step this way. Just... <laughs> oh no! Oh Jesus Christ, no! <laughs> Do, don't remember him being Welsh. <laughs> we welcome all accents on this podcast, yeah. really. <laughs> no, the Wicker Man was like about a weird rural community oh, on a Scottish oh, island. No, yeah. it was another. No, Are you thinking of Tron? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was Tron again. Oh, <laughs> like, no, not... it, was, it was it was a guy who was like a simple lawyer. Lawn mower. The lawn mower. How could you get a wicker man? Just because they've got man with God, you feminists are all the same. It's like that football team, Manchester United. What? It's nothing to do with it. Shut up.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.